you will open up your Bibles, um, definitely have a, a word I would like to share with you. I know that many of you um, have sent out your support to our family. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, November 1st, we got a call that um, uh, we had lost my oldest brother in the Dominican Republic. So definitely been traveling a lot and um, to obviously deal with the situation. But something that I've been able to experience in this whole thing is definitely God's supernatural strength. And um, never being able to feel something like that as, as, as we, the family has been going through this, through this season. And um, through that, I believe that, you know, the Lord was definitely speaking to me and definitely speaking a message for you today. And um, if you can go with me to Acts chapter 1, um, verse number 8, and I'm going to share a little bit about a testimony of how God, God always turns or whatever the enemy means for evil towards our good. Uh, he always does that. You don't know how, you don't know when, but God always seems to turn what the enemy means for evil towards our good. Sometimes we're able to see that if we have our hearts in the right perspective. And sometimes we may not be able to see that because we're so into the situation that we're not able to see the hand of God at work. Amen? But today, I know that the church has been going through uh, an amazing series in, about the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, the Word of God says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I just want to pray for the message. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, that you have anointed my, my voice to speak your word. I pray for every need that is in this church and in this house. May you fill this room with your presence as you already have. And may we come closer to see you, God, through your word. And may you be the one, God, giving us revelation through the power of your word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. This morning, I want to speak to you about being a bold witness. Being a bold witness. You know, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, that you should receive power when you receive the Holy Spirit upon you. And I know many of you have received the Holy Spirit upon your life. But sometimes it quite doesn't feel like I have power when I'm facing things in my life. It quite feels like, you know, I know that God is for me and that he's not against me. But one of the things that I'm able to see, especially in these days that we are living in, the disciples were always asking Jesus, hey, when are you coming? When is it that the hour is going to be? When are we going to be, you know, free from all these troubles, all of these tears and all these pain and suffering that the world goes through? And you would think that Jesus would tell him, hey, listen, at this time and this hour, I'm coming back. But that's not what he says. He said, I do not know the hour, nor the day, nor the time. But my heavenly father has it hidden for a specific time. But what he does tell them is this. But you preach the word of God. 
but you continue to give hope wherever you are. Because you see, if we just sit in a corner and we wait for God to come and do what we're supposed to be doing for the kingdom of God, it will never work. God has called each and every one of us here, regardless of where you're at in life, regardless of what you live through, regardless of your age, we are called to be bold witnesses for the kingdom of God. We serve a God who is strong. We serve a God who is mighty. So why is the church sometimes seems like it's weak? You know, Jesus said, the mission that I'm giving you is for you to be a light for the Gentiles, a light for people to see that I am real. And so the, the question is not, when is all this going to be over? But the question should be, or what is Jesus is telling us is, rather than you wait on me to take care of your problems, I have empowered you to walk in my spirit, to walk on the anointing that I have given you, to walk and know that you are upon the rock, that you are firm. And so if you see verse 8, it says the answer that he gives us is as God's people, it is intentionally and imperative that we continue to be the ones that restore relationships, that restore people who are lost and don't have the hope that you and I have. That is why you are a Christian today. Being a Christian is not for me to have all of my problems taken care of. That is a byproduct of who God is for me. But being a Christian, it means that I have been saved by grace. And now this grace, I'm able to give it to others because I know, not because I read it, but because I know God has transformed my life. Can somebody say amen to that? Jesus promised his disciples two things. He promised you that you will have power and that you will have and be a witness. So power and witness is the two things that God promised you in your life. Why is it that you need power to witness? Because without God working through you, people will not believe. Why is it that you need to be a witness to receive power? Because if you don't share the good news, what do you want power for? And so we see, if you, if you read in Acts chapter 4, you know, the church was going and going through a lot of circumstances just like we are today. They were being persecuted by uh, the religious leaders, and not only religious leaders, but also by the government at the time. And, and it felt like they were just being bullied into a corner as God's people. And something inside of them rose up that caused them to say this prayer. In Acts chapter 4, verse number 30, the Bible says... It says, stretch out your hand with power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders in the name of your holy son, Jesus. You see, for every believer here, there needs to come a place in our lives where we are just tired of the enemy taking advantage of us. Where you are just tired of going through situations and something rises up in you and you say, you know what, I am a son of God. I am a child of God. I'm asking you, Jesus, by your mighty name, that you will stretch forth your hand and work through my life. Heal those who are around me. Because isn't that what we're here for, church? We're here because God needs you. 
We're here because God needs your voice. We're here because God needs your resources. But more than all of that, God needs our hearts. God needs our undivided attention. We cannot just continue. I mean, you know what is going on out there. We can't just be part-time Christians and expecting for something to change. We have to be committed to the cause that if one died for me, I am willing to give up everything for him. I don't know about you, but every time I look at the world and I look at situations and I look at the turmoil that is happening in this world, I realize that I need more of Jesus in my life. I realize that I need more of his spirit to cause me to live in this state of mind where I'm not depending upon the government or on this world, but he is my source. He is my joy. He is my peace. He is my counselor whenever I'm needing something. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, the Bible says, at that moment, the earth shook beneath them. They were praying. They were asking God, God, we need boldness in our lives. We don't know how to deal with the persecution. We don't know how to stand up for you. And they were asking God for strength. They were asking God for boldness. They were asking God for ways in how to represent him in this kingdom. You are an ambassador of Christ. And he says, and the building caused, and they were in, the building was caused to be in tremble, and each of them were filled with the Holy Spirit to proclaim the word of God. You've been going through this series about teaching and knowing what it means to have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And now you can understand the Holy Spirit is not for me to just have a good life. The Holy Spirit is for me to represent Jesus wherever I go. Whatever I do, in every circumstances, in every prayer, in every moment. And so I have to ask you, you know, this message is a message for us to examine our relationship with Jesus today. As I was uh, in the Dominican Republic and um, I, was, I, was, I, I gave a message of salvation in the, in the funeral of my brother and I knew that I had to be there for a reason. And there was a lot of setbacks for me to get there. But I knew that God had a message for someone there. And as I got there and I was able to give the message, a cousin of mine reached out to me. And he said, I, I, I really heard you, the words that you said. And I want to talk more about it. So he came over to the house and he was seeking for answers. And one of the things that he shared with us is that ever since he was little, he had been looking through things to call upon to or to rely on. And through his experiences, sadly for him, he had been led in the wrong way into trusting into witchcraft and worship of idols. And one of the things that he shared with me, you know, I know that I have power to read people's minds. And in my mind, I'm like, no, that is a gift that God has given you, but you're using it the wrong way. And one of the things that he was sharing with me, it was that he believes that by having these pictures and these things, I mean, if I show you some of the things that I saw, you'll be like, what in the world was this guy worshiping? And I, I went into this house and, and the, my whole family went, you know, we just felt like this wasn't a divine appointment from God for us to heal someone even in the midst of our pain. You know, because people need Jesus wherever you go. People need salvation wherever you stepped in. 
And so it doesn't matter what situation we're going through. There will always be somebody needing hope right next to you. Sometimes we can put our blind eyes and say, well, woe is me, and be like, um, what's this guy in the Bible, the prophet, um, the one that was in the, in the whale? Jonah, right? You guys are teaching me now. Jonah was, God, woe is me. You know, you wanted me to preach this gospel to everybody, and you wanted me to give hope, but these people don't listen to you. And then the Lord said, but that's not up to you to decide. It is up to me to decide who I want to save. And I want to use you. I want to empower you to bring this hope into humanity. And so I went into his house and, and, and I felt from the Lord that we needed to tear down some altars. Uh, you know, in the Bible, it talks about that Israel had high places in the cities. And these high places before the temple was built, they were used to worship God. But now when the temple was available, you didn't need the high places. But the people kept the high places to worship idols. And God was angry. And God said, why are you worshiping all the idols if you know that I was the one that took you out of Egypt? I was the one that healed you. I was the one that delivered you. Why are you worshiping all the things other than me? And I remember going into his house and he took me into his kitchen and when he opened up the kitchen sink, he had a full altars full of candles, uh, you know, rocks, pictures, about 16 different things that he, would pray, he was praying to. And I said, man, you got to get the devil out of your house. Because these things that you are doing, you are inviting demonic things into your life, into your family. And at that moment, it was like he began to get scared because in his mind, it was like, if I got rid of those things, then they're going to come and haunt me. And I say, no, greater can be the one that's in you than he that's in the world if you give your life to Christ today. And at that moment, we pray a prayer, and the whole family gave their life to Christ. But why am I telling you that? As I, was as I told him he needed to take out those things from under his sink and those things that he was worshiping, the Lord spoke into my heart and he said, you know what, Ozzy? There are some people that are just like your cousin, and even though they're Christians, they have things in their hearts that they are worshiping, and they are okay with leaving those things there as long as they have a feel-good experience in knowing that they know Jesus. And at that moment, it was like my heart was gripped with conviction. And the Lord took me to Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 21, where it says the following. It says this, I took your sin, the calf in the image that you have made, and melted it down in the fire and the ground to find dust, and threw it in, into, the, into the stream of water that flows down the mountain. And I remember sharing this verse, and it was like God was giving the revelation of anything in our lives. Well, how does that apply to us? Anything in our lives today that is in our hearts, that is before God, is a high place in our lives. What do we do when we have things in our hearts? Family can become a high place. Ministry can become a high place for me. Jobs, money, material things, 
worry in this world can become a high place in your heart where God is no longer number one, but now somebody else or something else has taken the place where he needs to abide. That is why we as Christians have lost some power. Because we think that if we're not in big sins, like sexual immorality, drug addictions, alcohol, then we are okay. But my Bible tells me that even when I have unforgiveness towards my neighbor, I'm not okay. The Bible says I have no other choice but to forgive those who have done something against me. And as you guys know, my brother was murdered. And through that experience, somewhere or somehow, I had to go into the trial and face the guy who had taken my brother's life. And I remember taking, talking to God, and I was talking to him, and I saying, God, I don't want to hold any unforgiveness towards this person. It doesn't matter what this guy has done. The same way that I was, that I was lost, he is still in need of salvation. But I need your strength. I need you to teach me how to walk into this room and how to look at him in the eyes and say, I forgive you. And I know that God has a plan for your life. How do you do that if God is not the one helping you? It's impossible for you to do things as a witness of God without the help of the Holy Spirit. And I believe totally as I was walking into that courtroom that the Holy Spirit was empowering me to walk in there and look at him at the eyes and not even feel angry, not even feel a grudge, but look at him with the eyes of Jesus. I remember looking at him at the face and I said, doesn't matter what you have done. On behalf of the family, we forgive you in the name of Jesus. And if you can look at your life right now, there can be salvation for you. And I don't know if this is connecting with you, but I remember how God was speaking into my life and how we are as the body of Christ that as a witness for him, we're going to face many difficult situations in this life. Jesus said, you will have tribulations. You will have things that you're going to come against. But how are you going to overcome them? With the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. With the power of God helping you every step of the way. And, and, And how do we know We need to deal with some things in our hearts. It's because where is our trust today? You know, if we are here in this room and Jesus is not enough for us, but there's something else that we need, Jesus needs to be the only thing that you need right now in your life. If you need something else other than Jesus, that means that your heart is turning different ways. And the Bible says that that is when you have built idols, images in your heart and in your mind. And God is a jealous God. God wants your undivided attention towards him because he loves you, because he yearns for your attention, because he wants to use you. So how are we going to live in this world? How is it that the enemy can sometimes deceive us to the point where we're no longer willing to become both witnesses for him, but we bound down to things as we walk in this life? 
You know, Daniel is a perfect example. Daniel, in chapter 6, the Bible says that Daniel had the favor from God. And Daniel is a perfect picture of how you and I can be a bold witness for God in these last days. And the Bible says that Daniel has so much favor with God that the king was going to put him first place in the whole empire. But then the enemy rose up against him. Do you know that when the favor of God is upon you, there are things that the enemy will plan to come against you. That when the favor of God is walking right by your side, there will be people that the enemy will use to come and steal that joy and steal that presence and steal that power that God has given you. And you can see that in the book of Daniel chapter 6, his very friends plotted against him. The Bible says that the friends got together and they couldn't find anything about his character because he was obedient to God in everything that he did. And when they didn't find anything in his character, the next thing they found to attack was his faith. And as I was reading that, it was like the Lord was showing me a, a, a perfect picture of how we are in the 21st century in America, where people may not be able to condemn you or to see a fault in you because of your character because you are a Bible-believing Christian, but the next thing that they're going to attack is going to be your faith. You see, in Daniel's time, his friends and the devil used the laws in the government to try to make him bow down and deny that he worshiped God. And I remember how God was speaking to me even before this election and how as a witness, there were going to be things that were going to happen and you and I need to decide, are we going to stand for God or are we going to allow things to make us bow down to the government of this world? How do I say that? How does that even connect? The Bible says that his own friends plotted against him. And this sounds familiar. Because in this culture that we live in, when they can find the basis of accusations in your life, what they're going to do is that they're going to target your faith. How are they going to target your faith? Remember, remember when the pandemic hit and there were things that were allowed to be open, but the church needed to remain closed? That's not a coincidence. Just yesterday, I read a report in how the city of San Diego they are allowing for the strip club to be open, but the church needs to be closed. There are laws in the government trying to be passed right now where you can have even a Bible study in California, even in your own house. The Pope just came out and said that God is in agreement with same-sex marriage. And so you see, everything that you and I are facing it's not coincidence, but it's the devil working behind these laws and these people to try to get us to bow down to the lies of the enemy and to the kingdom of this world. That is why you need to become a bold witness. That is why you need to be sure what the hope that you believe in. Because if you're not, then we are going to bow down to anything. If I don't stand for something, I'm going to fall for anything. You know, I had a, a sister in our ministry, and she sent me a message the other day, and she said, Pastor, 
my job is not allowing me to go to church. They strictly prohibited me from going to church because it can cause for me to be exposed to something. What are we going to do? How much is too much? How much is too much to allow them to mess with our beliefs, to our system, to what God says who we are? All of us here, doesn't matter your age, you are either are going to decide today or you're going to have to decide later on, but all of us are going to have to make a choice whether to be a bold witness Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And everything that's going to be on the line is going to be whether it's going to cost you everything or you're going to keep everything. The choice is up to you, my friend. I know that in Romans chapter 13, verse number 1, it says that we need to respect all authorities, all leaders in the government. And we need to pray for them, of course. But when there's a leader, there's a government official asking you to do something contrary to the word of God, what is going to be your response? I can tell you what the response of Daniel was. In Daniel chapter 6, the Bible says that when the law was signed, Daniel went into his room to pray. The law said he couldn't bow down to anything other than the king. He couldn't worship any other images other than the king. But when the law was signed, what was going to be the decision for Daniel? His whole life, his livelihood, his job, his family was in the line. He trusted in the name of the Lord. And he went to pray just like he always prayed. All of us here are facing situations that may be tough. Or maybe not right now, but you know as a Christian, our, our mantra, or our constitution is that no matter what you're going through, God is still faithful. I mean, if I was to tell you things that the pastoral family has gone through, things that I've been through, things that you've been through, we would be here all day. But we have never quit. We continue to trust in the name of the Lord. Many people came and many people went, but we're still trusting in the name and the high tower that is God. And if you continue to trust upon that, then God will have your back. God will protect you. God will have his security upon you. But we need to realize 2 Corinthians chapter 11 says this in verse number 3. Paul said to the church, but I fear somehow that your pure and undivided devotion to Jesus will be corrupted. Just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways and the deceiving ways of the serpent, you have put away from following your elementary teachings of following Jesus. Basically, Paul was saying, look, you started out loving God. You started out being a bold witness. But now the serpent and the enemy has allowed some things into your heart and you're no longer walking in the right direction. And I'm afraid that your heart is undivided. And this is where he's saying, come back to the Lord. Come back to your first love. Come back to Jesus. Rely on the Holy Spirit to help you even with things that you don't understand. You know, we couldn't comprehend what had happened to my brother. 
And I asked the Lord specifically that we needed confirmation of what had happened to his life. We've been praying for him. He grew up in the church, but he had backslidden for some time. And I remember as I was sitting with the witnesses, I was telling Pastor Dave that the witnesses told me when he went to see him at the scene, he was looking up to heaven at that very moment, and his eyes were looking up. He wasn't looking around. And I remember the Holy Spirit telling me, Ozzy, your brother in that moment had the most intimate conversation with me that he has ever been in his whole life. You see, I believe in that. Because it only takes a minute for you to get saved. The thief at the cross said, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And Jesus said, from this moment forward, you shall be with me. That's all it takes. If you have missed it in your walk with God, if you have made a mistake, all it takes is for you to repent. Say, Jesus, here I am. Take me as I am. Take my life and lead me to the place that you're trying to lead me. And so, church, what am I trying to say with all of this? How and why is it important for you and I to live as bold witnesses in these last days? Because your family depends upon it. Your children need to see that you stand for something. You know what's the number one thing for youth? When I talk to youth and I ask them, why, why are you not interested in church? The number one thing they tell me is, is because I see my parents raising up their hands in church, but they live totally different at home. How can I trust that God is real when even my own parents live in a certain way, but they live differently somewhere else? If we're going to believe in God, we have to be consistent wherever we're at. We have to know that eyes are looking upon us and our witnesses and how we live, how we walk, how you talk, how you deal with these situations and these and this, uh, circumstances in your life. And so not only does being a bold witness depends upon you making Jesus famous, your children depend upon it. People who don't know the Lord depend upon it. People who have never heard the gospel, they may only know Jesus through your example. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. You see, the Bible says one thing when we're going through hard trials. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, after everything you have done to stand, the Bible says, stand. Yeah. So you know what we need to do? We need to stand and resist. Stand and resist. Stand and resist what? Like Daniel. He stood and resisted the kingdom of the darkness. Like Abraham. Like David. Like Esther. Like Ruth. They all came upon situations that were trying to make them doubt and deny God. But they stood and resisted. And God was right there by their side. I want to tell you this morning that God is right there by your side. God is right there when you call upon him. You know, Daniel did not change because things were happening, but it was because he remained the same that God honored his life. It was because he didn't bow down to anything, but he trusted in the name of the Lord. And so what do I have to do to be like Daniel? That's a good question. We have to live and get out of our comfort Christianity. 
You know, some of us, if you know about the, the criminal justice, right, when there's a witness and you're trying to protect them, they put them in witness, witness protection program. They change his identity. They change where he lives. Nobody ever knows about him. We as Christians cannot afford to be in a witness protection program. We need to get out of that. You don't have to change how you are. Jesus is going to change you. You don't have to back away from the pressures and the battles that you're facing. God is fighting for you. The Holy Spirit is empowering you to defeat these things. And so why do I know this? Because there are dreams in this house that are still needing to be accomplished. But you can't do them alone. The Holy Spirit inside of you is going to help them accomplish them. Why? Because they're going to benefit the kingdom of God. There are goals that you and I are trying to reach. For what? To make the name of Jesus famous. And what happens when you stand for God? The Bible says that the king put Daniel in the den of lions. And he said, Daniel, I don't want to do this, but I have to do this because this is what the law says. And he went back into his house and he said that he fasted all night. And the next day he came and said, Daniel, where are you? And Daniel said, I'm just having a great time with these lions down here. Nothing has happened to me. I mean, if you know anything about lions, lions are ferocious things. And the Bible says that God shut the mouth of lions. God is going to shut the mouth and the things that are coming against you and against your life. Obstacles. Goliath that have come to steal your faith, to steal your joy. If you remain firm, God is going to shut their mouth and he's going to fight for you. But not only that, the Bible says that the king made a decree that the whole land now needed to worship the God of Daniel. What would happen if 200 of us would get determined to be like Daniel? How would our families be transformed? How would our city, our church be different? It would change because now we're not just going to say we believe but now our actions are going to say we believe. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. You see, how do you become a bold witness in these times? How do I have my heart pure from anything other than Jesus being in the middle, in the center of it all? The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groaning and a deep words inside of us. You know, I believe many of us have been growing through the pressing. And James says, the whole body of Christ around the world are going through similar things that you and I are going through. So you know what that lets me know? I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one that is not bowing down to the kingdom of this world, but is standing for God, standing for what he has done. Why? Because God has been too good to you and I. 
God has been so, too good to your family. God has been too good to the things that we have faced. And miracles and signs and wonders have happened. Remind yourself of those things. Remind yourself of the victories that God gave you in the past. And they will for sure fuel you for the victory that God still has for you in the future. Can you stand up with me today, church? I pray that you, will be, you have been able to understand what is at stake here. That it's not just for me to come to church and, and feel good. But Christianity is coming upon a point where my relationship with Jesus needs to be real. I can't have my relationship through my father, through my mother, through my grandparents. I need to know that Jesus is real in my life because otherwise I might as well be mowing the lawn in my house. I don't want none of it if it's not real. I don't want none of it if there's no power. I don't want none of it if I don't see the hand of God working through me and empowering me. See, the Lord told me that to tell you this, and that is, there are some of you where sorrow has gripped your heart, and the Lord is wanting to turn it into joy. There are some of you who have lost strength in your relationship with God, and God is saying, I want to strengthen those weak places in you. But it needs to be a decision from me to say, you know what? I'm not going to let anything come between my relationship with God. I'm going to surrender to Him and I'm going to trust Him no matter what high waters come. I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord. You close your eyes right there where you're at. The Bible says that the church pray and they prayed a prayer because they were tired for people bullying them and for laws trying to make them bow to other things other than the name of God. And so they pray and they cried out to God and they said, Jesus, empower us. Give us boldness to declare your word and may your hand work through us with power and strength. If that is your prayer today, would you pray that with me? Whatever situation you're going through, whatever obstacle you're facing maybe your life is good maybe it's not but all of us here needs to call upon the name of the Lord today for today there is a day of salvation today there's an opportunity for God to speak to our hearts God wants to work through you God wants to minister to your life God wants to heal you so if that is you if you're needing prayer for salvation, for healing, for strength in your life, for a recommitment. The altar is open. The Holy Spirit is in this place. All God desires from you is that you open up your mouth and you say, Jesus, here I am. If you would like me to pray for you, if you just want to come and spend some time with God at this altar, Holy Spirit, right now, I pray for First Assembly, Lord. I pray for every person. I pray for every house, for every family, that in the name of Jesus, we will call upon your name today, 
that you are calling us to be bold witnesses in these last days. It doesn't matter if it's a Democrat, if it's a Republican. I am for the party of Jesus. I declare the word of the Lord. I stand for the kingdoms and the laws of the kingdom of God. Not for anything in this world, but I stand for Jesus. I stand for your name. For you were the one that was there even in the darkest hours in my life. You have always been there. You have never left us. You have been the one that has brought miracles, signs, and wonders. God, we have nowhere else to go but to you. So we call upon your name right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you will empower every person, every disciple, that they may go out and may they be a whole witnesses in Ashboro, in this church, in this community. And may the name of Jesus become famous as we see the day of the Lord approaching. Holy Spirit, minister to each person. 